0: Your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for A Dram with Friends, where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode Fifteen. We are joined in the pub today by our friends Mike McKinnon and Phil Moran. Walking in Christ with your brother. Sit down as I pour us a dram. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. Today we are blessed to have two local boys, Mike and Phil, join us for A Dram in the Pub. Welcome, guys.
1: Thanks, hey, Sean.
0: Thanks, Sean. So uh, what are you guys going to be pouring? I did some research, and uh, McKinnon is from the Isle of Skye, apparently, Origins, and mm. I didn't have any Talisker. So I'm going with an Isla whiskey, Whiskey, uh, Brulatic, the, class, the Classic Laddie. So uh, Morin is French, and I've got a French whiskey up there, but uh, I prefer my scotch.
1: I've got some homebrew here, the saison. Well, that's French and then when that's gone I've got a little bit of Costco's finest Kirkland something or another
0: there you go I have a
2: I really like craft breweries so I have a bush from the <laughs> small brewery batch brewed small miniature brewery bush yes and there's more bush in the beer fridge downstairs
0: <laughs> well welcome to the pub guys and uh this is exciting. We're testing out a new product. Just, to, I'm sure you guys are already noticing there's a difference in the format for those that have watched other episodes. And, uh, so we're trying out a new product to see if we can get better quality videos to you. Uh, so tell us a little bit, let's start with you, Mike, who is Mike McKinnon? Yeah, Mike McKinnon. So, uh, I guess we're, we're,
2: we're calling from Calgary, but I'm originally from Halifax, the East Coast. Grew up there. Um, moved here chasing a girl, and she eventually became my wife, so that worked out well for, for all parties involved. Uh, work in the oil and gas industry, uh, big energy company here in town. I have uh, four children. They, uh, they are going on 12, nine, six, and three. So two girls on the top, two boys on the bottom and uh, I have been married for uh, going on 14 years. Is that
0: everything? That's probably good. Congratulations, yeah, we should give Phil a chance to say who Phil Moran is.
1: Sure, uh, I grew up in Calgary, only a couple blocks from where I'm living now, lived to my, most of my life. I actually went to high school uh, with Sean, one of your boys, and married now going on Seven years. We have four kids, three girls and a boy. See, six, almost five, three, and just shy of one. I'm an engineer with Canadian Natural, uh, oil and gas as well. And kind of close notes.
0: Thanks. Yeah, uh, that's Tim. You're probably talking about. you went to school with Tim and. he's married as well and they're expecting their fourth ch- child, uh, next month. So actually when this comes out, uh, they'll pr- probably be having a baby right around the time. So at least he'll have some entertainment while he's waiting in the, for the baby to come. So, so you guys are longtime supporters of the God squad conference and Mike, you and I had uh, breakfast after our 2017 conference because you had an idea what was that yeah 2017 conference
2: um oh gosh steve wood was uh speaking at the 2017 conference and i is it damian lewis who was one of the speakers that year damian what's damian Damien, damian owens,
0: Damon owens. Damon Owens. That was close. Obviously, so, you didn't know anyway, that. That year's conference. Because I, I uh, interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Well, back. I was
2: going to say you did a podcast with him recently. That's I just couldn't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. No, I did see that. Um, yeah. And so, I like you said, long time attendee at the God Squad Conference. And uh, honestly, I, I don't remember specifically what Steve Wood said. But, uh, yeah, he was giving a talk. And, yeah. Um, I was, I was very inspired and uh, kind of what I, what I took away from the talk was a, a real, uh, real desire to try and create an opportunity for men to uh, be formed, including myself, outside of the God Squad Conference. So God Squad Conference is great, awesome injection, once a year, great speakers, wonderful formation, very formative for me as a young man. Um, a father of young children and now kind of getting into that middle-aged manhood. Um, but since my early 20s, I was attending. So, yeah, I, I felt very inspired to, to look to the good group of men that are here in the city and, and get together and start something. So we started something in 2017, and, and that's actually more or less, Phil, how I got to know you through the, the group that we're both a part of. Uh, I don't think perhaps acquaintances before that Phil or similar circles I think we'd met before but have kind of become friends through that group and yeah that was the conversation you and I sat down and had breakfast over 2017 what was the name of the place downtown the red red rooster or something like yeah that.
0: I forget it was red but uh yeah it was a... yeah I'm doing really
2: well with details tonight obviously it must be the quarter of a bush beer yeah, I've had yeah. so far
0: <laughs> and Phil how, how did you get involved in in this uh, group that you guys uh, are running right now.
1: If you think Mike's bad with details, I'm going to write this. Thank you. Okay, um,
0: now we I'll understand why you guys aren't police officers. So, <laughs> yes, Your Honor, something happened back a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly what it is, but we're here today because uh, I did something.
1: <laughs> um. I'm trying to remember I think well I remember Mike talking about setting something up and I don't remember how I got plugged into it Uh, but clearly someone invited me to it and I was interested enough to throw my throw my name in and kind of from from day one I've been actively participating or attending Um, At the beginning you know Mike was generous enough like Angela Mike's wife was generous enough to host a group of guys uh, at their place and then about last year uh, mike and i started switching up the hostings between michaels and kind of deep south i'm in the beautiful northwest and so we alternate back and forth um and yeah it's been an experience for me it's been a lot of fun um a lot of fun getting together with guys studying something that helps us grow uh, as husbands as, and as fathers uh, as men and yeah, I've enjoyed it enough. I've been getting enough out of it to uh, to hang in there. It's been great.
2: And well, Sean, now that I know you're asking for details, I'm looking for all my notes on the group and stuff. So I didn't realize it was such a. I feel like we're being interrogated by the the, the chief detective of something or other with CPS. Yeah. So so the men's group it it has a name and there's a bit of a story. So. I like to keep things simple, just simple and practical. And so like, why do we need a name? We don't need a name. We're just guys getting together. We drink beer, we are formed. we read good books, listen to good talks, we don't need a name. But then some of the smart Alex in the group started calling it our book club. And they just consistently referred to it as book club this, book club that. And it just reminded me so much of of like something Oprah Winfrey would start or something like that. And it it agitated to me, it agitated me to the point of, investing in trying to come up with a name and, and you can ask these that's my wife but the nights I spent in the kitchen babbling away about names for the group and this and that and it was it was very stressful And we just called it a book club until it broke me and so the the name of the group is uh repairs of the breach it's been named that for probably about a year and a half and um it's it's from a passage in the book of Isaiah but it's also um I don't know if a play would be a right bit of a play on um uh, into the Breach, the apostolic exhortation from the uh, bishop or archbishop of Phoenix, a letter to men. And so, yeah, the group's called Repairs the Breach. And, and in the spring, we'll have been meeting for three. Years. And, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of material we've gone through in three years. And I think for some guys who are uh, not of the philosophical or theological nature, it's been... Uh, It's been a good stretch for me. It's been a good stretch for guys like me. Some of the guys, it's been their their favorite stuff, all the philosophy and theology. But we try and balance, I'll call it, the more practical um, day-to-day fatherhood, manhood, husbandhood, with the the theological,
0: philosophical stuff. Guys like a bit of both. So what I'm hearing is you can get behind having a dram with friends and just talking faith, family, food, and fun. So... uh... Simple. Yeah, simple. So, Phil, how important did, is it for men to join one another on this journey that we're on to let them know that they're not alone?
1: That's a good question. It's, it's funny. It's something I've talked about with my wife quite a bit. Um, in our family, I mentioned, I, I work. I work downtown, so I'm out a house. Well, <laughs> In 2020, I had to be out of the house a lot more working downtown. Um, and Amy, she's home with our family. And it's interesting, between Amy's time at home with our children, she has a lot of opportunities for fellowship. Kind of baked into her day between when she's doing school drop-off, when she's running errands, when she's off at the zoo or at the park. she's a chance to spend a lot of time with other, other women, other moms in similar places in life. Uh, And really be be filled and kind of be nurtured that way for myself I don't have that really baked into my life in the same way Um, sure you know I I work downtown in an office with many men and women many of whom are, are parents and spouses but I find it really beneficial for myself to be able to come together with men in similar places in life similar values similar outlooks similar interests and be able to challenge each other and really push each other. Uh, and as Mike mentioned, you know, study this material together. Um, and you know, one of the guys in our group uses kind of the expression well, not his expression, but as, as iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, it's a chance for us to come together and really, really push each other and accompany each other uh, as we go through this. And and I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine not having some form of fellowship. Whether it's repairs to the breach or something else, I think for for men, having a form of fellowship is is invaluable as you grow as men, husbands, fathers.
0: And and I can't agree more. Uh, I've found myself in the last year uh, leaning on those around me. Uh, as you know, I ride with a group of guys in the summer, and uh, I've got the core of, of the God Squad team, where I remember I I worked with Youth at Risk and, and I got a call. One of them was in the hospital near death Christmas Eve. Went and saw him and he died that evening. Uh, and then another one had been shot at New Year's and I was thinking I should go visit him he was in hospital and then i'm driving into the high school where i work seven o'clock in the morning or 7 30 in the morning and on the news they talk they say he passed away and it was like a kick in the gut and being able to call on your your guys to pray for you and just be there like well you guys know jeff cavins and so jeff cavins a bishop a priest and all these guys that are are praying for you, they got your back. It's it's so important to 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 have that support system to know that you you got somebody that you can talk to, or or somebody that you can that shares the faith with you. So uh, I I am extremely proud of what you guys have done, because uh, I think. We were doing the consecration to Saint Joseph and you guys had close to forty guys in your group, didn't you, doing it? Yeah, we had almost forty. That
2: was a that was a really neat thing. That was that was almost kind of outsider of repairs of the breach. Like repairs of the breach is specifically for married men. If you're not married, can't come. So you gotta you gotta gotta get engaged, get married, and then you're allowed in the club. That's the rule. But uh now, there's a reason why it's not for single men, but the consecration of St. Joseph, we did uh, we did with uh, university students. So a bunch of young guys from the two universities in the city here, uh, a number of priests, and a bunch of guys that aren't actually, I would say, they don't attend Repairs of the Breach, and regulars, I guess. But, um, yeah, that was really cool, 38. Um, Sean, one thing I was going to say, a comment to you, or a question for Phil before, like, i i get i i see a lot of men and phil certainly says for i see a lot of men trying to go at it what i call the lone wolf strategy you know the idea of like i can do this on my own i can be a lone wolf i don't need a pack i don't need friends i don't need buddies i don't need anybody else i can just do all this on my myself and and um i i think it's probably you know it's it's tough being a father a, a newly married man that's a new thing for most guys. It's, it's hard, it's different, right? And like your wife isn't like your high school or university buddies, and it's, wow, this is different. Then being a new dad, like, oh, I have kids. I can't just play hockey every night? What's going on, I don't understand. What do you mean I have to turn off the Xbox and help you? Can't I just ignore all that? Like keep going like I was 25? You know, those are big adjustments for guys. Those are big adjustments for me. And um, I think it's a real asset to have men that you can speak to about those experiences, how they transition through, um, I don't know, boyhood to manhood, that maybe seems extreme, but how they transition through those phases. I know for me, like I have uh, children who are kind of getting close to teenage age, um, and then I got a little guy as well, and, and I have hugely valuable conversations with my buddies through this Repairs the Breach. We do a similar camping trip uh, every year. We did it again this September, backcountry camping with all the fellas. And uh, just great conversations. I had one conversation in particular, very, very formative conversation for me with a local guy, Chris Porter, about um, children having phones or devices with the internet on it. And uh, yeah, just really, really formative for me. And I've I've heard lots of talks about that. I've read books about it. I'm going through that now with my oldest daughter. Just, you know, wanting to do things at home, audio books and things like that. But just having access to it. So, anyhow, my point would be, I feel like having those men who you can talk to about things like that. You know, it it's it's a much better model than the whole lone wolf strategy, which, unfortunately, I, I do see men kind of going at that the the lone wolf thing.
0: Yeah. Thanks very much. And. And it's amazing how even some of that stuff changes, uh, over the years because like my older kids, they, they weren't allowed to have a cell phone until you could afford to pay for it. So, uh, I didn't want them having it in high school. Phil knows my son, Tim, who probably was the only kid in high school that didn't have one. And, uh, and then, uh, but, as Phil, did you have a phone in high school?
1: My dad you know I also didn't have a form and probably <laughs> myself.
0: So <laughs> long pause. Um, uh, did you play rugby for me in high school? If not, why?
1: <laughs> I did. I did.
0: Okay, good. Uh it's it's hard to as you guys say the memory's not as sharp as it used to be, and uh, when you figure I work, I tell people I have trouble getting my eight kids' names right half the time. So, if I if I don't remember your name, <laughs> it's uh, it was important to to work working with young men. You talk about that passage into manhood that in our society there really isn't one. Uh, tim gray had had done some work on that uh, boys to men Uh, but yeah boys night out uh, that's still probably alive and well not quite as much as it was a a number of years ago but uh, we've never encouraged men to grow up so uh, i appreciate what you guys are doing so well and i think I think something that can be
2: missing there is, yeah, I think, I think Sean, something that can be missing there is, um, you know, having that older man, that mentor, that peer to through that experience. Like, there's, there's lots of good fathers out there that, uh, you know, for, for generation, generational purposes, Probably don't talk to their sons very much. Don't don't tell their don't, just don't have really close relationships with their sons, and that's not necessarily bad dads. That's a bit of a maybe a bit of a generational thing about you know men don't talk to men about stuff like that. <laughs> um, so I think I think a lot of guys lack any type of guidance about being a newly married man or about being a new dad and what that means and what the the difficulties can be and what good looks like. And so, without that type of, you know, mentorship or example, and if they're doing the lone wolf strategy, you know, it's a it's a mystery how to how to how to transition through that. And I think that's why a lot of guys don't. And I think that's unfortunately why sometimes you end up with some very frustrated wives, because their husbands just can't seem to get through that. And I like that's not a criticism. I went through that myself. I can remember sitting on the couch playing video games and my wife looking at me being like are you gonna help and me being like well, why i don't i don't get it like you know it's it's not, that's not uh, a criticism i was there as well and even now today sometimes i'm still there what do you mean you need help
0: recording uh, <laughs> it's only two days out from my anniversary uh and uh, i posted a picture of my wife and i on our wedding day and a lot has changed since then and uh but you did request the mustache back. So it's, it's there.
2: <laughs> oh
0: 36. yeah. 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 That lip <laughs> card is sweet. Back. So 30, 36 years of wedded bliss, And, uh, uh <laughs> the priest said, don't go to bed angry. So we had some extremely late nights, but, uh, we've been, uh, blessed to, to be where we are. And, and that's where encouraging each other, like you say, that generational, thing where hopefully you guys are bringing up the the next generation and and if we're all in this together and so on that note phil there there's a segment that i've been doing because i i worked with the young men and that confusion that we talked about what advice would you give your 18 year old self i know it's not that long ago but uh oh boy yeah three years
1: ago isn't that phil cool? all right there's a low world Mike. oh boy what eight
2: i'm just trying to stall to give you some time to answer that very hard question
1: i'm just reeling from that jab i can't even think about my answer now
0: so you're saying i should give it to mike first and then give it to you
2: Sean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a real quick story while Phil thinks about that. So you mentioned your wedding anniversary. I'll I'll bail Phil out here. You mentioned your wedding anniversary. So every year, Todd, Todd Meyer, a guy in the city here, he organizes these dinners called it's called The Good Old Boys. And so this is an exclusive club. Again, you have to be male and you have to be at least 30 to come. So Phil, I don't think Phil Phil, have you come before? Maybe to one. Anyhow, for many years I went before Phil was able to join us, but it's it's over 30. So one year, uh, one year they picked the date, and I told all the guys over email. Yeah, I'm going to be there for sure. I know the date, perfect. I'm free, totally free. That's awesome. So uh, that that afternoon, I'm 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 at home, uh, or that evening, I'm at home. I said to my, wife, "Okay, I got to go. Up. It's good old boys' dinner. I'm I'm taking off for the evening. I'll be back." She kind of looks at me all confused. She says, "You know, I I didn't expect us to do too much, but I thought we'd at least you know spend the evening together on our wedding anniversary."
0: <laughs> oh, Mike.
2: I, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the guys had fun with that. They, um, uh, they, they, they so, don't let me live that. Man, down what you're I
0: seeing here is brothers taking of care bridge. of brothers. Phil was struggling a bit, Mike was ready yeah. to throw himself in front of the firing line. Like, it <laughs> doesn't get any better than this. Uh, Phil, are you ready?
1: You know what the worst thing is with this goofy good old boys is this year I finally, finally cracked the threshold. And with COVID canceled everything. I couldn't even go to this stupid club. I was irate. Was my, my penance. Um, you know, if, if I had to give a piece of advice to my 18-year-old self, I don't know. Nothing fancy. I'd say just not pursue pursue what you feel called to. and And... Keep doing the hard things. Like it's there's definitely there's an aversion to things that are difficult, things that are challenging. Uh, Desire for comfort. No one's no one's immune to that, myself included. And um, I'm fortunate to have the example in in my family, for my parents, I think particularly my father, of being a man who, who did did the right thing and did the hard thing, and often those two things were the same thing. And just to encourage myself to, to follow, follow those steps, follow those steps, um, and that's something I think I've come to appreciate more as, I'm not going to not call myself a young man because Mike will call, call me out on that, um, but it's something I've come to appreciate. Um, the value in, in difficulty, in challenge, in strife, and struggle, um, and to to face it head-on and face it with courage rather than trying to, to run from it. I think that's the, that's what, I, that's what I'd give myself.
0: Thank you, Phil. Mike, what, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self?
2: Phil's was very deep, mine is not as deep. So I think of myself at 18, I think about most 18-year-old guys and I, I immediately think to girls. Um, and, and probably should think to the priesthood, but I probably just think to girls. And I think, I think like as an 18 year old guy, um, you know, I think, I think when you're, when you're thinking about girls, thinking about, um, the nice foreign women out there that you actually believe would make you a better man and would be a good fit for the type of family you're looking at. And are you even on the, like getting married family radar? I think at 18, Things are pretty raging. If you ask me if my advice for my 21-year-old self would be different, but at 18, I think it's going to be about girls. And I would say, I would say really think long and hard about the girls you're pursuing and the relationships you're pursuing. And are they good for you? Are they making you a better man? Are they making you a beard for her? Are you good for her? Kind of thing like that. And I would say, like, Father Cristino would be upset if I didn't say this, but I think at 18, like, you know, hopefully you're mature enough. And I'll be I'll admit I was not. But it would be nice to think that you were thinking about the priesthood. I think I think before you go headlong into relationships in your early twenties, it's nice to give the priesthood an actual serious thought and discernment while you're not in a relationship with a girl. So uh, yeah, if you ask me twenty one, twenty five, it'd be different advice, but at eighteen, be think about think about finding good girls. Thanks. Girls. Mike.
0: <laughs> so Phil Uh, Jeff Cavins talks about having a posse. So I have started asking my guests who is your favorite saint and why?
1: Mike, do you have any more embarrassing stories?
2: (laughs) No, I was going to say, Phil, do you have to? Um,
1: (laughs) If I had to pick favorite saint, you know what? It's it's easy answer for me. It'd be St. Joseph. Um, just as a a man, a father, uh, someone who objectively was the least holy person in his family, um, I really value uh, the the example Saint. Joseph sets for us, particularly in in the hidden life that he led. We don't hear a single word from Saint. Joseph through the entire gospel. do you think, This guy is Jesus' earthly father. He can at least get a single word. But no, he doesn't get a single word in the entire Gospels. And yet we know that he was a just man. He was a man of virtue. He he did the right thing. Um, He led his family to Egypt. He worked his hard manual labor. And the example that he sets, both in terms of family life, spiritual life, uh, professional life, is is one that i can look up to and appreciate and it inspires me it gives me guidance and direction and two yeah i mean his his intercession has been um very evident in our our family and our our lives so that would be that'd be my pick mike you can also pick it. i won't call you a copycat if you also want
2: yeah i was like Uh, really uh, really, uh, phil really you're going to take saint joseph make me go outside of that so um i would say um yeah hopefully not too cliche but like uh blessed Pierre georgia persadi he's definitely like a a guy that has been very close to my heart and kind of an inspiration in terms especially especially as a young university man that's a while ago for me but um and i and and the reason being like like very holy very devout but love to have fun love to enjoy life love to get together with friends, party, get out and do things. And, and that would be me. Like I, I really enjoy, yeah, having fun, getting together with friends, um, getting outside, things like that. The other would be uh, maybe a little bit more unique would be St. John the Baptist. And, and I think just because he was um, just so radical and kind of extreme in terms of his proclamation and his fierceness and his boldness, and even just kind of his like toughness, live in the desert, desert, eat lotus, honey, stuff like that. Like, just a real kind of. I probably don't. You probably don't swear on podcasts, so uh, I won't say that word, but tough guy, tough guy. I was going to say yeah, BA. And, the acronym is BA. Real he's tough guy. Machismo, Mike. <laughs> yes, yes. Machismo. But he had a no strong drink.
0: So, uh... But, uh... <laughs> No, I'm a, I'm a through and through St. Joseph guy like you, Phil. He's been walking with me for a long time. So I really appreciate you guys joining us on this uh, webcast, podcast, wherever it ends up. Well, I know it's going to be on YouTube and HeroicMen.com. That's HeroicMen.com. So uh, <laughs> did you know that whiskey in the Gaelic originally is Ishqabaha which is water of life and my prayer for you too is that you continue to lead men to the true water of life as we enjoy a wee dram. Thanks for joining us on A Dram with Friends. Please consider sharing this with everybody you know, liking it, subscribing and go to Heroic Men. They've got lots of great material on there and including the search Which is a good one for you guys to study. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Let's stop the recording there. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Please send us feedback to adram at godsquad.ca or go to godsquad.ca to donate and support this podcast.